bedtime bar stories on the spot at the bar. Impromptu, that's how we do. Welcome back to Bedtime Bar Stories, an adventure across America starting right here in Fort Lauderdale. Oops, <laughs> how silly of me, Fort Lickerdale. <laughs> to find the best stories and the best bars to tell them in. My name is Gina Noble, but you can call me the Story Hunter. So before I pour this week's stories, I really just want to thank everyone who's reached out since the first episode. I mean, wow, from people I haven't seen in years to people I've never even met saying how much they enjoyed the show. That makes me so happy because I never expected to be doing this. I'm not the stereotypical podcast host after all, but a few months ago, I took a chance and I pitched this show to some visiting British producers late one night in a bar in New York. And here we are. And I wanna give a big thank you to all of you, all of you for being with me at the start of this journey. I love all of you. And I can't wait to grab a drink with you and hear your stories. How fun does that sound? (laughs) So one thing that's changed since the first episode is that I'll never look at a pineapple the same way again. I keep seeing them everywhere. I guess it's a case of if you know, you know, Some of the Pineapple Mafia have already been in touch with their stories, so I look forward to sharing more stories from the lifestyle with you soon. So what stories do I have for you today? Well, this week's stories are all about pushing the limits, the limits of partying, the limits of the law, and the limits of trust. First up is Chad, who I met working at an event recently. We got to chatting and I knew right away I needed to get him on the show. Chad was pretty cool. He had a great personality. So we met up at a hotel called Chateau Mar in Inverary on Inverary Boulevard, a real nostalgic gem of a hotel. Over the years, they've hosted Marilyn Monroe, Frank Sinatra, and even Elvis. They all loved a good party, which we all know, which made it a great setting for Chad's story. That hotel was fabulous. It really had that whole nostalgic feel. Nostalgic furniture, photos, life-size photos of all the stars on the wall, a grand piano in the entranceway. It was just amazing. It was the ideal place to sit down and have a chat and hear Chad's stories. So most of us remember a legendary party house. I know I had one. It was down the shore in Wildwood, New Jersey. (laughs) How apropos, Wildwood. (laughs) But the Blue House in Chad's story puts the wildest frat houses to shame. And what a better drink to pair with the story about wild house parties than the drink that fueled millions of house parties, beer. And funnily enough, Chad had a few thoughts on the perfect beer. Naturally, he would choose Blue Moon to talk about the Blue House. Tell me about this. Why do you like this Blue Moon? You oh. think it's really, I mean, I've served enough of them. Well, and, I and, used to work the Blue Moon bar in Del Mar at the racetrack for oh. a summer. And uh, so Blue Moon was was one of the, you know, the sponsors one year. They had like all the umbrellas and the Blue Moon tables. Naturally. And, and branded oranges Blue everywhere. Moon on there. And, 
Uh-huh. And we served it and, uh, you know, it comes with an orange and it's like orangey. It's delicious. It's funny. I, I'm not a beer drinker, but I do like some beers. I like Genesee Cream Ale. That's a Philly thing. Mm -hmm. That's a Northeast thing because it's sweet. It's like ginger ale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With a beer. And I can only drink it with a cheesecake. I mean, a cheesecake. <laughs> a cheesesteak? <laughs> a Philly cheesecake. Well, I mean, who doesn't like a little beer with their cheesesteak? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're drinking and we're on a Sunday. On a Sunday. And we're at this totally cool place, I might add. How do you, you say this hotel? Chateau, Chateau de Mar? Chateau de Mar, I think. Yeah, I, think I believe that's how you so. Say, yeah. In Inverary. But this hotel is nostalgic. I mean, yeah, everything. Yeah, stayed here. Yeah. Um, Marilyn Monroe, apparently, she stayed did here. Too. Um, Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. Mar um, Dean, was it? Dean Martin. Dean Martin. And who was the other guy? Um, Sammy James Jr. Yes. Yep. And it's kind of like a little secret, kind of like a gem thing. It like, is. It's like people that live here, they're like, what hotel? And I'm like, the Elvis Hotel. The Elvis Hotel, so yeah. They're like, what and do you Jackie mean? Gleason's car is out front, his original oh, automobile. Okay. I didn't even see that. That blue and white. Cadillac or whatever it is up there. I see. That's another thing I don't even know about. It's, that was his original car. I know that there's a piano in there that Elvis played. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they all played it. There's a disco on ball it. in the lobby. Okay, so, so I think setting a bar up by the disco ball That's it. on an event would be really fun. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So being that we both are in the industry and you are a cook and you bartend and that's how we met basically. Um, yeah. We certainly know how to pour. We worked the stadium last night. We worked the pink stadium. We, yes, we at David did. Beckham Stadium in the VIP lounge. Yeah, that was fun. How and, about um, that? I, we got to bartend. Yeah. And that was pretty cool because it's pretty fast paced. The game goes really quick. Yeah, it does. Like even like they hit us before with drinks and they hit us, you know, during and halftime and, and almost after they want them to. But then, right. And then you went up to the other bar on the second floor. And then floor. they send me upstairs to the second for the part VIP of the, party. For the after party. After it's party. It's called the after party. Where oh, they, yes. They have a DJ and then they start selling all the alcohol. So, so before mm, the VIP, it's, it's like complimentary beer sure, and wine. You have right. to pay for your own drinks and um, there's still people buying cocktails you know mm -hmm. i mean i was i was selling um private stock captain morgan's a lot last night me too i was selling a lot of that a lot of hendrix gin a lot of hendrix gin jankers yeah yeah for sure mostly vodka and i talk people into margaritas though <laughs> you know like casamigos you can't go wrong oh never especially never. with a little extra triple sec of in there course. some orange juice and we then like you put it. a little lime and lemon juice in there and maybe even just top it off a little soda water and a perfect shake in. and then put the the lemon and the lime in there too i think oh, that yeah. makes a difference sometimes. it makes a nice touch it depends how busy you are though right Depends. Like sometimes yeah. you're so busy, that's all you can you do is drop no a line. You're like, <laughs> you're on extra fruit. It's right there. Help it's yourself. Right there, right you know, <laughs> <laughs> just don't get your fingers over all the other fruit. Oh, that is too yeah, funny. People like they're touching your fruit while you're bartending. Like, ah, see, I don't care people, for that. People got to like, know. Like, yeah. you know, like, I, I just don't. I don't. I don't reprimand. I did before. I'd be like, hey, you know. I do when I was younger, but now I'm just I like, just, well, so you I put yours on the do bar. I don't. Do. I don't put mine on on top of the bar. I put it on the bar. It's easier. I put it under. I'm right-handed, so I've, I work the system, you know, where it's like you got to work people where you take their order to the left and you put your drink to the right. There you, you go. You just kind of got to move. You have them. to have a system. Yeah. Either way, we're pouring. Either way, we're pouring drinks, yeah. That's it. So how about we pour ourselves a story today? Okay. Okay, so we were talking about you going from surfing to strip club. Yeah. And now you have a story about that and the Blue House. Oh, do uh, tell. So, <laughs> so there is this place in Ocean Beach. Is this where you took the guys? In San Diego. Oh, yeah, I would take the guys here. So this was the after party. It was the Blue House. 
after the strip club? But yeah, but the guys that I mean, the guy that I work for, his wife got thirty million dollars on her thirtieth birthday. So, Hello. Hello. His wife got thirty million. How? She got thirty million. Well, his dad, her dad, put a patent on the salt and pepper shaker. You know the wall, the black and white salt and pepper shakers. Yeah. He put a patent on the lid. Oh no. And he was a Beverly Hills attorney. Natural. So she had investments from when she was a child. She got thirty million dollars on his, on her thirtieth birthday. Wow. They married. He managed her family's money. So tell me about this blue house or whatever. And so you yeah, so working for him, you know, he's like working for the stockbrokers, right? You know, because they're they're traders. So they they got to be at work at before six a.m. Right. And they get off at one, and at one o'clock they want to drink. Of course. And they want to party. So you know, it wasn't every Friday too that you take them out. Sometimes it'd be midweek. You know, I was like on a retainer. It was of like, course. hey, you know, I'm giving you a thousand dollars a week. You know, we Listen, need a we need you a have ride. To tell me, I know some of the boys from the Wolf of Wall Street. Okay, so I know that. Oh scene. yeah, exactly how it was. Uh huh. So yeah, we'd go down to the Blue House, and they'd bring like their little side girlfriend, stripper girlfriends, over to the Blue House, and there's different rooms, and like, then after like we'd go to the strip club. I'd sometimes leave the strip club early, like an hour, and go to the Blue House, and set up. I'd roll up like. 20 joints put, put them in different places with an ashtray and lighters and so they could just sit down and just light it up so they could just wherever they were in the place and usually That's people smart. like hang out in the kitchen like you know a lot of, like, a lot of people hang out in the kitchen always there's like people doing coke in the kitchen <laughs> and stuff yeah they need the lights so they can see what yeah, they're so snorting but i'd set up oh little God. little glass little dishes of blow like around the place as well Wow! Yeah, they yeah. give me they'd give me like five hundred bucks and be like, "Go get a bunch of alcohol. We're bringing strippers back to the blue house." And it was a party. Whose and house was it? It was I can't really say because the guy you know. Oh, well, I don't need to know the name. I'm just yeah. saying it's, so it was a friend of theirs. It was a, it was a friend, friend of ours. Yeah, he's a photographer. He went to USD College too. Oh, so they so where was he during this? He just welcomed it every Friday. Oh, he was just loving life. Oh, yeah. Just you know, in so, college, his dad was like into oil. Oh, forget it. So no he like was able to like buy like the Ducati monster motorcycle that he wanted. Of course. He could go get, you know, whatever surfboard he wanted. And, and of course he had whatever the, cars he wanted. And of course he had the fabulous pad. He had a killer three story pad with the jacuzzi on top. Oh, of course he did. Overlooking Ocean Beach. Oh yeah. And it was the right house. there, the blue house. <laughs> it was painted blue on the inside. What is it? The entire house. So you just went there and set up shop and got everything ready. I, I you were work, the event planner. <laughs> I worked for him. I know, but you were the event yeah. planner. I was. My job was basically to surf. Oh, wow. So you guys really had this planned yeah. out. Yeah. So, you know, if we were like up surfing at Oceanside and we had strippers, we could take them to the Oceanside house. <laughs> and then if we were downtown and we met strippers... We could take him to downtown studio house. And we had a lot of parties down there. You too. were just living the dream, weren't you? And then you? we were in Mexico. Mexico. We had a trailer down there that was in a, like a nice place right on the ocean. And we'd go down there and hang out in our, our toy tr toy hauler and then get hotels and, and you know, and whatever go party. And then we ended up like, yeah, like getting the penthouse at Las, Las, Las Rocas. <laughs> Which is a really nice hotel. It has a super famous pool that's right on the water, flat edge pool, and we get the hotel down there. So we had places all over. We just had the hookup. And I'd find myself in Mexico, and then all of a sudden we'd find ourselves in Mammoth, and we'd be in Cabo. Of course, um, Cabo, yeah. Yeah, and that was just kind of our routine. Cabo, Mammoth, 
Northern, rotation. Northern California. Rotation of places and a rotation of women. Yeah. <laughs> but I had a girlfriend, too, also at the same time. I don't know time. how that worked out. <laughs> well, you know, she was doing her thing, too. It was like, you know, early late 90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So things were different then. It was more acceptable. Um, Quite. And so everyone was a little bit promiscuous. A little bit? Is that like a little bit pregnant? Uh, yeah. I'd say, okay. It's just you had to be there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. I love that story. I love the Blue House story. So what was your blue house? A place to party that launched a thousand stories? Get in touch with me at Gina at BedtimeBarStories.com. Next up, from the most fun you can have on the ground to the most fun you can have in the sky. Last episode, we had Mutiny Cowboy. This week, I give you the cockpit cowgirl. (laughs) Puns intended. (laughs) This story is about Shannon. And I met Shannon oh, with her little spunky personality and her short blonde haircut and her bright blue eyes. She is just so funny to be around. And I actually met her because I was working behind the bar at a venue at Lighthouse Point, And she was working at the restaurant and bar across the way. And she went in and I guess she had her time or her schedule wrong or they didn't tell her they changed her schedule and she was like two hours early. So what better to do than find another bar to park yourself at until it's time to go to work. (laughs) So that's what she did. She came and that's how I met Shannon and we got to talking and I said, oh, I know this one has some stories. So we went out and we went to this fabulous sushi place in Lighthouse Point because they have great sake there. So we decided to go there and just hang and hear her stories. You'll need a stiff drink for this one. Again, pun intended. (laughs) It's a hot and spicy story. So the perfect mile high martini for that would be the chili passion fruit margarita martini. And that comes with a tequila, which you have to put a chili pepper in for a few days in advance, a couple chili peppers and let it soak and absorb that tequila. And that tequila absorb that chili pepper and it becomes a spicy tequila. So we pour that in a shaker with ice with a little triple sec, that little orange liqueur. I personally prefer Cointreau or Grand Marnier because I always have to bring things up a notch. (laughs) And then a little bit of passion fruit puree And definitely fresh lime juice. If you only have sour mix, that's fine. But fresh lime juice is the best. And just a tad of simple syrup or agave, preferably agave. And then you shake that very, very hard. So that ice chills that tequila down because it's going to be hot. And then strain that into a chilled martini glass, preferably salted, maybe with like a black salt or a chili powder rim around it. And there you have it, your Mile High Club Martini. Follow the show on Instagram and TikTok, and I'll show you how to make it right. So I'm not easily shocked. I've worked in the adult entertainment bars and served spring breakers after all, but this story is wild. (laughs) Enjoy. 
Aisha. Hi. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah, wonderful. So what's the craziest thing that happened in flight? Like, honey, when I tell you the drinking <laughs> and the fucking that happened. Really? Oh, my God. I bet. <laughs> Like, and you would have pilots. A lot of the pilots are married, but they'll have flight attendant girlfriends. Uh-huh. Of course. You, a lot of times, hook up. Mm-hmm. You have the hotel room. Everything at your disposal right there. Right there. Yeah. So, like, you tell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, I've had sex in flight. Oh, really? At, really? While you were on duty? Yeah. Oh, how cool is that? You met somebody that turns you on that much. Oh, do you tell that story? So this guy had to be sitting where? First class? No, it was the pilot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so who was flying the plane? <laughs> well, okay. So the rule is there has to be two pilots in the cockpit right. at all times. I remember. I assume Or that. two people. And so when a pilot comes out for a bathroom break or to get something to drink or eat whatever. or whatever, stretch his legs, um, then one of the flight attendants will go up into the cockpit. Okay. And so I had been seeing this pilot and we like talked about it and we were going to be doing Canada overnights. And so we were flying Houston to Montreal. So mm-hmm. it's a long flight. Mm-hmm. I have been to Montreal. I found me there. So yeah. I'm from Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Houston to Montreal. And it was a night flight. And so after we'd done all our service and everything, then, and we were, it was a small airline, so everyone's friends. And we had like, you know, planned to fly with each other, you know. And so it was me and one of my flight attendant friends, Mm -hmm. because it was two flight attendants, two pilots. And so we all like changed our trips around so that we could all be on the same Same trip. And you, and at this airline, you're with the same crew the whole trip. The whole trip. So you get to know these people really well. Okay. Their families, everything. Uh, (laughs) Girl. (laughs) Inside and out. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So how did that happen? So what happened? So he came out for his break? No. So the one pilot came out and I went up in the cockpit. Mm -hmm. And so it was just, but the other pilot that went out knew what we were planning to do okay so he's like make it fast or whatever so as soon as i went up in the cockpit i started stripping down my pantyhose my panties and the way their seat and you bent over the seat no his (laughs) like these seats would like move to the side he like turned it and moved it to the side and so i just did reverse cowgirl um (laughs) (laughs) i was like i don't think i've ever bounced so quick in my life (laughs) Trying to thirty three thousand feet in the air, yeah, in the cockpit, no less. Yeah, no pun intended. (laughs) The cock was in my pit for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Fun. So that was the first time. The first time. So I'm assuming now, since you said the first time, there were several times you were in the cockpit. Only twice. Okay. I mean, I've been in the cockpit several. Well, that really. Is it much better than in that tiny bathroom? Oh, yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah. Those bathrooms. Right. You would not believe the stuff. But I'm saying, if you're going to do it, do it in the cockpit. In the cockpit. Hello. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And so we finished quickly, and then I went back out like nothing had happened. Okay. I love that story. 
I love that story. What's another yeah. story? What's the, okay, that's the craziest and probably and or wildest. Not really the wildest. Okay. Um, I had a guy offer me $1,000 for my used pantyhose. And this was like at the end of the end of the night. This was in San Diego. I landed in San Diego. As I'm getting off the plane, he's like, I know this might be a, a, a weird question. He's like, but could I buy your pantyhose? I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> but I was like, how much are we talking? Right. <laughs> I was like, maybe 15 and it's your, they're yours. I was like, <laughs> wow. Honey, he gave me $2,000. Did he? I sold him my pantyhose. I took them off right there and handed Listen. them to him. Okay. <laughs> and you want these dirty old things that I'm going to throw away that I paid $6 for? Right here. Right. And he took them too, didn't he? He took them. Right then and there. Girl. Oh, and I love it. I so love I, it. What was this in the airport or on the plane? This was on the plane as I'm getting off. Like, this is the last flight of the night, that our our last flight, and we were going to our overnight in San oh. Diego. So I'm walking out. And you're out. still in the air. Oh, no, and, you're walking out. No, so I'm in the back galley. Okay. Get You know, and I'm getting all my stuff and getting my he stuff. And he walks up to me and asks me. And so I did it right there in the galley. I took my... And he <laughs> like... Right. And he gave you cash, two grand. Cash. Cash. I was oh, like, honey. Cash. I'm not mad at you. Okay, you hear me? I am not mad at you. So I'm, as I'm walking off the plane. Girl's looking at you like, where are your dark blue pants? <laughs> the captain's like, what happened to your pants? I was like, honey, I sold them just now. Ooh. They were like. You, like you, oh, I love it. These are the best stories. I love it. Oh my god. I told you that one was wild. What was your riskiest sexual adventure or craziest workplace hookup or workplace romance? Think you can beat Shannon's story? As always. I want to hear from you. Get in touch with me at Gina at BedtimeBarStories.com or send me a message on Instagram at BedtimeBarStories. Next, we go from Mile High to Debbie the Spy, Florida's answer to 007. Now, I believe in women's intuition, but when you're dealing with a cheating man, you need receipts. When word got out that I was doing a podcast, Debbie, the spy that she is, tracked me down and gave me this thriller of a story about her decades-long career catching cheating men. Debbie and I met, oh God, years ago, naturally in a bar. (laughs) We actually met at a bar called Big City, and they have a couple of them in South Florida. And I think they were based originally out of Tampa, Florida. I'm not sure, but there's one in Delray Beach, I think, Big City Tavern, or maybe it's City Oyster. They're all of the same group. But we definitely met in Boca Raton in a club or actually a restaurant that had live entertainment called Big City. It's actually the same place where we met to tell the story, which was the Copperfield Kitchen in the same plaza. There's only one possible drink to go with this story, and that is definitely Debbie's Killer Punch, which she mentions in her story. It took some persuading. But I got the recipe from Debbie, and I'll be sharing it on Instagram. Trust me, making this punch, you need a license to kill.
Hi, Deb. Hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. Great. Tell us a little bit about you. Um, my name's Debbie. Mm -hmm. I've been living in Florida for 45 years. Wow. Born and raised in Rhode Island. We came down here to get away from the winters, as most people do. So, I understand you have a great story. Okay. <laughs> we are waiting. When I think about this, if this was something I did now, I probably would have gotten arrested. <laughs> um, this was back in 1981. Okay. I had started dating this guy. All right. Um, that I worked with, and I had here in Florida. Here in Florida. Okay. I had a huge crush on him, and we started going out. Now, the reason when I tell you what I did, what I did, because what he did with me was, as we're dating, you think that he's your boyfriend, and. He was, but he put this little stipulation. This one day he said to me, you know, I'm not saying I want to date someone else, but I'd like the flexibility of it if I ever want to. And if I do, I'll tell you. Ooh. Who so says that? I, I mean, I, I, that has that stuck in my brain all these years. I'm sure it would damage you. <laughs> so I never, you know, it was Who like, yes, I'm that? with him. I go to his family's for dinner. But this was always in the back of my mind. So basically, he wanted you as a girlfriend, but he wanted his freedom at the same in time. In case. In case he met someone on. else. Came yeah, came along. Along. That, that's oh how my we God. It. I'm not saying I'm going to date someone else, but I'd like the flexibility. Of I'm it. sure you would. So now he rented a house with, uh, I think, around three other guys, okay. not far from where I was renting. And I used to jog. Um, back then and where he lived his house was on a dead end so there was his and maybe two others and then it was you know the dead end so the street over you could park and then walk across this edging where you could see his home car who's there ah interesting so I hate to say it but I used to spy <laughs> spy so this one time I drove my car to the street before his street where you could park and I walk across the little edge where all these bushes are and then you see his street. So I'm just kind of walking up. And hiding in the bushes. I'm not hiding, but what happens is I see him at the top of the hill coming down from jogging. I freak out. There's some cars. I dove underneath the car. <laughs> no, you did My not. My heart is pounding. Are you telling me in the middle of the day you this dove This was under like a, maybe 4 or 5 o'clock. It's still night out. car hiding. I am <laughs> under the car, but what I didn't realize was as he was coming down to make his little Yui back to his house, if he walked on the other side, he would have seen my feet. <laughs> and I would have been caught. I, I, I was screwed. My, all like I'm lying under there. I should have like pushed myself under even more, 
but I didn't. What would you have done? My heart went, I don't know what I would have done. I probably would have just went, hello. I would have been caught. It would have been over. But I, I, I will never. I will never, ever, ever forget it. I, I can't tell you the, the pounding. Like I was so scared, and I hear his feet, and sure enough, he in front of the car. Oh my he God. turns and goes jogging up to his house. I got. I would have been mortified so fast. Oh my God! You know, most people would say that would be mental. <laughs> this was back in '81. You know, I never did stuff like that. But back in Rhode Island, these girls used to spy. And they're the ones who turned me on to spy. Who taught you how to spy? These two girlfriends. Well, when you and they ride by the, the boyfriend's house. The drive-bys. And, and so because I, I just didn't know and had to know, I did this. And I'm like, okay, but I almost got caught. But this is nothing compared to another time. Oh, my God. No, it gets worse. Oh, I Lord. Did at the house one time with they, the same guy they were all out somewhere okay i went the back of his house was like an open it was open field i remember it was evening so it was dark i went over there i took the screen out and i opened the window and i climbed into the house <laughs> oh my God. and started searching in his room no you certainly did not i did debbie I, I, it was so bad. Oh my God! What were you expecting to find? Anything? Evidence? Just evidence, <laughs> proof that if he Hero was doing so, so, so that okay, so that's okay. I get out. I leave. All good. This other time, I was in. The, the, it was the like the garage spare room. They came home. Oh my God! And, and you I were was in the house, freaking out in that. I can't remember. How did you get I have out? to think how I got out. I think I got out through the side door in the garage because it was like a garage. It was the garage, and I got. What in were you doing in that time? Looking for I, more I evidence. I did the same thing. Came in through the rain, closed everything, went through the thing. They came <laughs> home. I'm listening, and, and I remember I had gotten him a rocking chair. You know, I was just, you know, because he had wanted one, and I remember he came home and saw it, and. I'm trying to think. He, he knew so that I I got it there because they so they'd left the they would leave the front door unlocked. Yeah, that that uh, time I didn't have to go in through, but but I hid the car was hidden one street over, so they never would see my car. <laughs> and I heard, and I remember that he walked in. He's like, "Oh my God, look at this!" You know, and wow, yeah, that yeah, that, I did that a few times finally in 82 he did start seeing somebody because oh, really? i worked with him and How'd i you was find out? the administrative secretary there i saw a note in his office so and so called you call her back and i'm like oh, what is she calling him for and did you know her i knew who she was and one time that's the worst feeling. I how did I? That's the worst feeling. It when was you, early in the morning, right? And I knew her name, so I knew where she. I, I looked up where she lived, and so one time spying. I was spying. driving on Dixie going to work, and he's coming home, all the shower or whatever he had been in her house. Once I knew where she lived, then I drove by there. 
and I saw his car there, but I, I never approached him. Was he him. still seeing you at the same time? Yep. Oh, so he then, wanted his cake and ate it then too. Then finally, at uh, uh, one time, I did approach him, and he's and well, I was going to tell you that, and then it it ended at that that point. So right. you know what? You just had an intuition, woman's but, intuition, the whole time. Think about you never fully trusted was, him. Then no, I'm, no, no, yeah, that's a horrible feeling, is it, it not? It, it it you know my stomach gets all churning now just thinking about right. it. Right, it's a horrible feeling. I, imagine being in the house if somebody saw me, I could be arrested. You, not could be, now, you would. Be. I would. Then <laughs> you don't even think though, because your your mind is somewhere it, else. Yeah, this was this was wow. It, yeah, that's that's quite the story. The spy, the, Debbie, the, the spy. The, oh my God. I, <laughs> Double O stepping underneath the car, feet hanging out <laughs> hanging instead out. of turning my body to go way under. <laughs> I went in this way, you know, went this way where the feet are out the on the other side because the way the car. You know how so, ridiculous you must have looked. Oh, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. When I think about it now, I'm, I get all flustered. Oh, that is crazy. I love the story, though. I love it. And I, you know what? I'm sure there's many other women that are out there that do that. Oh. I'm, I'm, of a lot of a women lot that of do women that. would spy in checkout. <laughs> so many would. Yeah, so many women out there that do worse. Some women do worse. But only imagine some of those stories. But Debbie wasn't done spying because cheating men weren't done with her. We pick up the story years later, and armed with some new tech, Debbie was about to expose another cheater yet again. <laughs> After this was years later, the, I was with this one person, you know, for like 16 years. Yeah, you know, I wanted to ask you about that because that was just, it was just such a cool way after how many years? 16, and you know, and he ended it in five minutes. Can you, can we talk about that? Uh, yeah, yes. I mean, we were together every night of the week. I would go to his house Sunday through Thursdays, Fridays and Saturdays, he'd come to mine. And he he was this, he loved to sing, and he started singing professionally. Two or three times in the first three years, he would he broke up with me a few times to go back with his ex girlfriend. I remember that. And then he come back to me, but it wasn't like Same. the full force. So of course, when I wasn't with him, Naturally. I spied. I spied. <laughs> Because I, he gave you a reason. And I, but where he lived, it was a townhouse. So I couldn't go inside or anything. But I could sneak up and, like, peek in through the fence and see if I see him. Oh, I, you know, if anybody needed a private eye. You would have been the one. I, you would have been I'm the so one. I'm so good at it. Figuring, I, that's how I figured out the, who the girl was with the other one, just by perimeter extension at right. work so looked up who she was looked up where she lived and then yeah, uh, you would have been good at that I, i'm telling you <laughs> you missed I, your calling i so how did he end it in five minutes like you did holidays i remember you did holiday parties together every we had christmas eve parties every all, year every i mean year how many people for, came until a my granddaughter was born they would be in and out at least 70 people i mean you were you were cooking house. for a week straight making yeah. what were you making like we had lasagna, lasagna we had ham we had i mean it was everything antipasto it was and your punch that spiked debbie's killer punch debbie's killer punch <laughs> that spiked punch yes so you did all these things, and then one day, what yeah, happens? I mean, he once or up. twice, he you could you could tell things were drifting, and 
we had a, I, I had a feeling something was going on because he's fixing things that I needed fixed and getting things done. And we had a, a birthday for my girlfriend's father. It was his 95th. Okay. And it, that was a Friday night. That night we came home. Yeah. He went like right to bed and I thought, this is odd. Then the next morning he gets up, I make a coffee, he's sitting at the table and I get the, we need to talk. And I knew. And then I, I go over to the table and he said, I can't do this anymore, I'm done. And I went, what? And he's taken the key off the thing. And he goes, right then and there, he was I, I ready. Said, I said, you're going to throw 16 years away? Well, the last five years haven't been. And I said, really? And he says, no, I don't want it. I'm, I'm done. It's over. I, so I said to him, Are you, is there someone else? He looked me straight in the face. He said, no. No, Debbie, there's not. So that Within, within, he's going out the door. If there's anything here of mine, just throw it away. He goes, you're a beautiful woman. I'm sure you'll find someone who loves you and out the door anyway. And, and that was it. That was it. All of five minutes. I had never. That was That's how he ended 16 October years. October of 2019. Now, I, his cell phone, used, I had his cell phone on my bill. So I, I never even thought about it until my girlfriend said, get the cell phone bills. And I said, what are you talking about? She said, you can get the phone numbers. <laughs> You're too spying and, together. And, you guys need to have your and, own and agency. You <laughs> so now I'm looking at the phone numbers. Oh, prior to breaking up with me, he pulls, oh, I need you to sign this form. I'm going to be able to get my own um, oh. I'm going to put my phone on my own oh, thing. Oh, finally, after all this See, time. He, he knew he he knew he had to do this because if he ended it with the phone still in my name, I could just turn, turn the it phone off. off. And I, I'm thinking, mom thinking, great, I don't have to pay it anymore because he never really paid me for it. And I signed the release, phone was off, and and that was it. And he right. got it off. Right. So when when she told me we're looking up the numbers and the ones I recognized, I knew the ones I didn't. There was this website, I can't remember the name now, and you pay a dollar, and you can put in the cell phone number. Oh, really? And it will tell you who owns the cell phone, where they live. Really? Oh, yeah. I must be out of the loop. Not that I need it for So any once reason, I did yeah. that, all of a sudden, this one woman's name comes up, and I, I see the name, and I'm like, I said, let me just look her up on Facebook just to see so when I type in her name on Facebook and it comes up, I went, oh, I knew who she was. Wow. I had, he had, he did a singing gig at this country club and I was there with him for the first time. And she, she was friends with this woman that was friends with a guy he knew. And that first night I was there standing next to her with the other woman, just chatting. Well, she obviously took a liking to him, and every gig he had, she was always there huh? with the guy and his girlfriend. Again, not, back then, I didn't think anything of it. Right. But now that this is happening, now I'm looking at That's all the, the phone records and the dates, 
and I'm looking at now the text messages. You don't see what the text message is, but you see he started with her in August. Wow. And he, because I do recall one night um, now that I knew who she was and I'm looking back, um, I went to a concert with my girlfriend. We went to see the Backstreet Boys where the Panthers play. Right. And he was working and he calls me and I said to her, I said, John, he's calling me. Why is he calling me? So I picked up the phone. Oh, how you doing? I'm like, fine. The concert didn't start yet. They just had the opening act. And Brian Littell's son was the opening act. Really great. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just finishing up here. And so I just wanted to check in with you. Uh, I'm going to just go home and go to bed. Yeah, I just remember this whole conversation, which I thought was odd that he's calling me, but what he was trying to, to do find out if you're was at the make concert. sure when I left the concert, I didn't call him or try to go over there, which I wouldn't have because oh. we got out. But now, after this is all said and done, now I'm looking at the text and I see the date. He calls me and then calls, he calls her. her. She calls him back. You know, you see all the you messages. See the whole story and, yeah, line. So this, yeah, this went on. And then so how she, long was that? It was three months from August to October. She must have given him an ultimatum, ultimatum at some point because then there was no activity until the week before he was breaking up with me. There was a quick call. He must have left a voicemail. Yeah. And then he he ended it. Then I saw where my friend was doing like a singing karaoke gig of where she lives and he had no clue he's posting videos mm -hmm. and i'm I, I see it i see them this is now after we're broken up i see him with him but the fourth after the fourth of july he had called me and said oh i'm going to go over to karaoke over where where at Hallie's. and i went why you hate it you said you don't want to be associated with it Oh, well, you know, I just want to get my feeling in there so the, the director will see him. So now that we're broken up, this is all done. I look back at Hal's postings and the videos, and there he is there. And she's there with friends, and he's at the But he's like talking, but he went because of her. So this is all... The whole storyline, so, you figured it all out. Oh, yeah. Wow, Debbie. Debbie the spy. <laughs> Private eye, Debbie. Private eye. <laughs> well, the lesson of the story is, you don't mess with Debbie and get away with it. The same is true of Debbie's killer punch, I can tell you. So ladies, if you're worried about your man, no one else can help you better than Debbie. She can help you find exactly what it is that you're looking for, hands down. On Bedtime Bar Stories, every story leads to more stories. So when did your intuition lead to some first-class spy work? Ever have a sixth sense you were being betrayed? You're getting to know the address by now, but I'll keep saying it. Hit me up at gina at bedtimebarstories.com or again, send me a message on Instagram. If you pour me a story, I'll pour you something stronger. We're starting this show by giving you a flavor of my part of the world, South Florida. But the love of a great story unites us all. And I want to hear from you, wherever you are. So that's it. It's closing time for another episode. You don't have to go home. Like they say in the bar, you can't stay here. <laughs> 
Whether you're turning in or turning out, remember, it's always story o'clock somewhere. My name is Gina Noble, and this is Bedtime Bar Stories. <laughs>